Okay, welcome to Reya Mahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I'm so happy you are joining me today on JRoot Radio. For those who are new listeners, here is what we do. We try to learn and to develop new skills and tools to renew and strengthen the connection you have with your spouse. We do this not only from a social science perspective, but we use the Torah as our guide and source of navigation. I am so happy you are joining me today. This is a live show, by the way. Thursday, January 19th, and thank you for waiting. Yes, it's so funny. You know, I, I said there's a parking issue. There still is a parking. Everybody's like, oh, maybe you could park there. Maybe you could park there. You know what? I'll wait a little bit. I'll find the parking. It's fine. Sometimes we just have to have a little patience, and it all works out. Okay, so what are we doing today? Okay, this is a very exciting show. There's a lot to talk about today. I want to talk about a very, very important topic. I, I can tell you, if you are married and you are listening to me right now, you're going to gain a lot from today's show. But first, I want to share something very cute with you, and that's like this. You know, I don't know if you heard my show last week, but what we were t- part of what we were talking about is tit for tat. How like couples just get into these arguments just to prove the other person wrong. No, you're wrong. You didn't tell me to go to the cleaners. Yes, I did tell you to go. No, you told me if I happened to be at the, around the cleaners, I should stop and pick up your suit. No, you didn't. That, back and forth, tit for tat. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's right? Who's wrong? Literally like little children. I'm sorry to say, like little children. And like Rabbi Blech, um, he's, he's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous. I, I think he's a guddle when it comes to relationships. One of my mentors, I can say, when it came to, when it comes to, uh, to to helping people with relationships, and he had this amazing, amazing line. This is what he used to say, and probably still said that what it's not about being right; it's about doing right. Relationships, marriage, kedushin is supposed to be holy. It's not about okay, I'm right, you're wrong. Okay, fine. By the way, I just want to tell you something very, very interesting for those of you who are married and even for those of you who are not married because you watch married people all the time. <clears throat> Did you ever see a married couple argue where one says it did happen, one says it didn't happen, why are you making up things? And then all of a sudden one couple stops, one of the spouses says, actually, you know something? You're right. I'm so sorry. You're right. That's what happened. I, I want to tell you, I've never seen such a thing ever happen. And even if it does happen, I, I can imagine it happens maybe once in a million years. No one ever proves to the other person they're right. It, it just doesn't happen. It just goes on and on and on, and it escalates, and then it gets hot and heavy, and then you get, you get hot under the collar, and then you start saying stupid things, and then the big, big, big fights all erupt from what? For something silly, very, very silly. So one of the things that we said, one of the tools to use, and of course, I, I mentioned this last week, and I have to mention this again. The tool I'm about to say right now, don't employ the tool right away during the impasse because it ain't gonna work. Because right during the argument, you are not gonna implement any of my tools or any of my skills because it's not gonna work because you're not gonna be ready for it. And even if you say whatever you're gonna say or try to think the way I'm telling you to think, I can almost promise you, you're gonna say to yourself, Robert Greenfield, yeah, Robert Greenfield says whatever it is. I, there's no way that this person's right right now. Because right now you're in the midst of it. First, you have to escape. Be mevater. Say, you know what? Fine. I'm not even arguing about this. Fine. Goodbye. I'm just going to let's move. Let's move on. Later on, when it's bothering you, then you can start thinking about what I'm telling you right now. And that's not my words. These are the words 
that we know are from what? These are the words from the Pirkei Avos. The Pirkei Avos says, Hillel would say, do not separate yourself from the community. Do not believe in yourself until the day you die. And then he goes on and he says, do not judge your fellow until you have stood in his place. Do you get it? You cannot judge your wife until you're in her place. So you're getting all upset at your wife because you told her clearly, please, when you're on 13th Avenue, do me a favor. You're, you're finding a parking anyways. For me, it'll take at least 20 minutes to get a parking. And by the time I get a parking, I have to run to a store. You're, you're finding parking anyways. You're going there anyways. Do me a favor. When you pass by the cleaners, pick up the cleaners, okay? And she thought, well, if you're there, if I'm there, and we get all upset about whatever it is, whatever, I'm giving you this argument. It could be a whole million and a half arguments. The content, by the way, is always different, but the process is always the same. And that is, you're wrong and I'm right. And just admit it. And we have like this, this taiva. Just admit it. You're wrong. Just, just admit you're wrong. Like I spoke about last week, we ask our spouse, so why didn't you leave me money in this, this morning? Why didn't you prepare a normal meal for us tonight? Why again pasta? And, and why is the laundry on my bed? I don't understand. Well, again, you know what you're really saying? Just, just admit it. You're wrong. Just admit it. Just admit it. You don't care about me. I'm not your priority. Do not judge your fellow until you have stood in his place. This is a tool you can't use it always, but many times you can. And to realize that I am not her. I have no idea what she went through today. I don't know her nacionas today. I don't know whether she was stressed today because of the kids. Maybe some of the kids today made her absolutely crazy. And if you don't have kids, maybe at work today she had so much pressure that it was not normal. She was supposed to get paid. She didn't get paid. Or maybe she doesn't work. Maybe she's just at home and she just got into a big fight with her mother. We have no idea what the context is. We cannot judge someone else until we're in their shoes. Guess what? You're never going to be in your wife's shoes. It's not going to happen. And you're never going to be in your husband's shoes. It's not going to happen because you don't have his personality. You don't have the context of his day. You don't have his childhood. You don't have his male tendencies, his needs, his drives, his, his understanding and analytics. It'll never happen. So you know what? Let's not judge. Let's not judge. Let's just be mevater. So I wanted to share something with you. Very, very, very cute. I, I, we spoke about this last week. And by the way, I just want to thank everybody. Always follow your feedback. I very much appreciate it. Um, yeah, I really, I really do appreciate it. All the feedback. And I'm sorry I don't get back to everybody all the time. It just I get a lot of feedback. And uh, I try to. Eventually I do. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your feedback. It's really, you know, it, 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 it inspires me to move on to do this show. And um, and again, it's it's really all a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and I thank a Kaddish Baruch Hu that I'm Zocha to to be here and and to speak to all of you. But I want to and I want to tell you like this: I actually got a very nice. Someone sent me a text message. It was a little cute picture. 
I don't know who you were, but I do appreciate it. And this is what the picture was. I want to share this with the audience. I think you're all going to chapano, as they say, from this. What was it? Someone sends me, after I was talking about, you know, to see something from the other side, understand that, that your perspective, your point of view is not your spouse's point of view. Someone sends me a picture of two, like, cartoon people, okay? Two cartoon people looking at the floor, and there's a big number on the floor. A big number. And one... One guy says, it's a six. The other one says, it's a nine. No, it's a six. It's a nine. It's a six. It's a nine. And then one guy stops and he says, you know, if you would see, see, if you would see things from my perspective, you would agree with me. And it's so true. It's so true. It's not just, the six and the nine is so true. It's not just true for this cute little thing. But this is what's going on between husbands and wives all the time. We're so different. We're getting upset at each other. Because what? Because you didn't do because you have the laundry on the bed. You know, do you do you understand what happened to her today? Do you understand her perspective? Do you understand the trials and tribulations that she went through? I can almost promise you, if you were in her shoes, you would do the exact same thing. I'm sorry to say this. I'm not trying to be you know tough here. It just it is what it is. It is what it is. And the last thing she wants is to get into a fight with you. So you're gonna get into a fight. Just be Mavatar. So it's not, and even if you're not going to agree with me, Sarah Greenfield, yeah, you have all these excuses for my wife. You know what? Just let it go anyway, because that's what Hashem wants. Let it go. Hashem lets go for you. So that's just a matter. Sometimes one of the tools, just one of the tools is just to think, I don't see things the way she's seeing it. She sees it differently. She's a woman. She had a different day than I did. She had different trials. He had. This is not just true for men. It's true for women also. But it's important for us to understand that to incorporate that into our psyche, into ourselves. Now, it gets so bad. It gets so bad sometimes that sometimes people are so outrageously convinced that they're right that they'll never think of the other person's perspective. I want to tell you something. I was giving someone, I was Zoha to give someone a ride the other day. And I was sitting with this person in the car, and he was telling me different stories. He shared with me one story I want to share with everybody. It, it, I, I'm so, like, blown away from this. But this, like, could really emphasize the point that people don't look at the other side. People are not making this, do not judge your fellow until you have stood in his place. They don't do what Hill does. They don't. Listen to this wild, crazy story. This is a story that happened, I think it happened a few weeks ago. This guy was driving. He was telling me the story. He was driving, I think he was on 13th Avenue for lack, I don't know, let's say 13th Avenue. He's driving. And people double park. You know, it is what it is. People double park. He's driving, and there's a light. And in front of him, this happens all the time. For those of you who drive, you know what I'm talking about. This is, everybody's double parked, and you have to pass them. He's about to pass someone who's double parked. But before he has a chance to pass this guy, this guy in front of him, this car, starts backing up. He's backing up because he's letting the guy who's parked, he's letting him out so he can take the spot. And in Bar Park, oh boy, a spot is like gold, right? So he's letting him out. Now, what happens is he turn, he's backing up. Now, I don't know if he saw him or didn't see him. This is the guy I'm talking to. He's like parked right, he's waiting by the light, right by him. And this car right, right in front of him starts backing up. And he sees he's backing up right into him. 
he sees the car is backing up right into him, and he's trying. You know, sometimes you, you can't back up because you're going to back up. You're going to back up to the car behind you. So you see this guy's coming right into you. He's, he's literally going to smash into your car. And that's exactly what happened. The guy sort of hit the guy's bumper. It wasn't a major accident. It was a very minor thing. And he hit the guy's bumper. And he sees the guy backing up. And he's like, wow, this is crazy. This guy just backed up right into me. So the guy who just backed up right into him gets out of the car. He opens the car door. He gets out of the car. And he approaches him. And he thinks he's going to come over. He's going to apologize. I'm sorry I didn't see you. I'm sorry for backing up into you. The guy comes in. He sees like he's enraged. He's thinking, he's enraged? What's he enraged for? He's upset? He's upset at me? What did I do? And he comes to him. And he starts screaming at him. And he says to him, I don't believe you. Didn't you see I'm backing up? Why are you just standing there? Didn't you see I'm backing up? You should have moved. The guy who told me the story was so blown away that someone can actually do this. Could you imagine? This person is so convinced that he's right that even when he backs up into someone and smashes into his car, it's not his fault. It's completely not his fault. This person couldn't believe that people exist like that today, that he just started laughing. And the more he was laughing, the more he got the other guy annoyed. And he's laughing. He bursted out. He's laughing. He can't believe it. He's laughing at him. And he's like, why are you upset? Why are you upset? And he's just like laughing. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. Okay, and he just closed. He just closed his window, and he just, you know, he just looked at the car. It wasn't major damage, and he just moved on. But the point of the matter is, is that sometimes people are so into being right, so convinced that they're never wrong, that it's like a brainwash. It's like a complete brainwash. That you know what? I'm right no matter what. I'm right no matter what. Now, if you're listening to me right now, ladies and gentlemen, and you're married, you might be thinking of your spouse now, right? You're thinking, oh, my spouse is like that. But don't think about your spouse. Think about yourself. Think about yourself how many times you have to prove to your spouse that you're right and she's wrong. How many times do you have to do that? So you know what? Let's cut it out. Let's cut it out. Let's not judge someone until you have stood into this place. And let's just be mevater. And let's just move on because honestly, we're wasting our time. You're not going to win. These are endless battles that couples have Every day, and you know who wins? No one. No one wins. Because all it does, it causes aggravation and kas and machlokas. And you know who with our karbanos, unfortunately? The children. And I hate to say this, but I'm being very open with you. Because they're exposed to this, and then it damages their psyche, chas v'shalom, and, and tarnishes their development, which is really, really not good. So now, you're going to listen to me, and you're going to say, I'm going to feel, okay, you know what? I hear you. And I try to be mavater, and mavater, and mavater. And I hope you are doing that, because don't ever stop doing that. But then, you, you could come over to me and say to me, one second, Rabbi Greenfield, is there a point where I'm not mavater? Do I just have to be sovel my husband's wrath and blame and criticism and, and, and not paying attention to me and not being there for me and embarrassing me whatever, do I have to be so about that nonstop? Maybe this is happening in your house where your husband just doesn't stop. Hopefully it's not, but if it is, or if there's one issue that keeps on happening, gentlemen, you can tell me about Greenfield. It's funny, you sit the laundry on my bed. I have this problem. The laundry is always on my bed and I can't go to sleep. There's always laundry on my bed. So I can tell you, okay, just take it off, put it somewhere. No, but it bothers me because again and again I tell her that I can't really take it off. I can't be mavater. If you could be mavater, it's one thing. But what if you can't be mavater? 
What if your husband has this issue? He's just not spending time with you. He's constantly belittling you. He's shaming you. Things are no good. Or not necessarily that things are no good, but there's one area that you just, you just you can't take it and, and you have to suffer. It's like it doesn't stop, it doesn't end. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just keep quiet? Am I just, like someone just said to me, do I have to just be the Mona Lisa? Just keep quiet? Well, the answer is yes. First of all, you do have to keep quiet. But there are times, whoa, 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 before you get upset, there are times that you have to negotiate. Do you hear what I'm saying? I, I didn't say there are times you have to fight. There are times you have to negotiate, not criticize or blame or attack, but there are times that you have to negotiate. And this is what I want to talk about now. We're going to do this bekitzer. We're not going to do this bariches. If you want a bariches, that's that's the workshop. But if you want today, as it's Hashem Yisbarach, we will do it bekitzur, as they say, and we are going to be talking about negotiating. It, it's complex. I'm telling you right now, it's complex. It's not easy. It's something that you have to really know what you're doing. And some of you think you know what you're doing. And it's so funny because many times with the couples that I even work with, they'll tell me, oh, what do you mean? I did exactly right. I did exactly what you told me to do. And when we go over it, they're like, oh, yeah, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. No, no, no. You have to do it in the scripted format. Because if you don't do it in the right format, it's going to lead to a fight. Not a negotiation. It'll become a big fight between you and and your husband, and it'll become a chlokas, or between you and your wife. So we have to be very careful on how we do what I'm about to talk about right now. And the truth is, it really needs chazara. So let's start with this, negotiating table. I am telling you right now, ladies and gentlemen, negotiating is like entering a minefield. You hear me? It's like, you know what a minefield is? A minefield is like you come into a field where there are these little mines, and if you step on the wrong piece of property, you, it will explode. You should always know this. Don't think to yourself that, now I have to speak to my husband about this. Now, oh, I must talk to him about it. I must. It's, if that's the way you're thinking, that already you're wrong. Because you have to start thinking to yourself, is it worth the risk? Meaning, I'm taking a risk by talking to my husband right now about this issue. I'm taking a risk by talking to my wife about this issue. This could lead to a big fight. Even the most masterful negotiator. Do you hear me, ladies and gentlemen? I'm sorry to be so strong. This is very important I'm about to say. Even the most masterful negotiator who has it all down pat and knows exactly the steps and goes through everything, 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 I'm telling you right now, it will not necessarily yield the results that you're looking for. It's not. It's really not. Because it may work, it might not work. Sometimes it has to be done, I understand. But it might work or it might not work. It's a complex process. I spent, I can tell you, years putting this together. (laughs) Over the years, I should say, the years, but over the years. And, and I will tell you that it's complex, it's risky, and you need a lot of siyata de shemaya. You definitely need shemaya. Let's start with a couple of frightening facts when it comes to negotiating. You must know before you enter this minefield that you will definitely cause distance between you and your spouse, which will need to be repaired. Do you hear me? 
And I'm talking about one issue at a time. I'm not talking about several issues. If you want to bring several issues at a time, you should know right now that, oh boy, every issue is a different minefield. I'm serious. Every issue is a different minefield. So you will definitely cause distance between you and your spouse, which will need to be repaired. And that's why I say just try to be mavater. If you can be mavater, be mavater. I'm talking about, we'll see soon what I'm talking about. Number two, there is a 50% chance that you will cause your spouse to put on his or her angry hats. You know what I mean by hats? Hungry, angry, tired, distressed. And there's going to be an explosion. Even if you do it right, if you rub your spouse the wrong way emotionally and you're going to say something that's going to trigger them, they are going to put on the hats. And you're going to think, I, mean, I, I, I can't even talk to my wife. I just want to speak to her about this issue. She always puts the laundry in the bed. Why can't I talk to her about it? Why can't we just have a normal discussion? Normal. Well, it's not normal. It's not normal because this is, this is a marriage. It's not, you're, not, you're not her friend. You're her husband. There are, there's deep attachment issues going on between you and her. All sorts of emotional expectations all sorts of assumptions, interpretations. We can go on and on and on. Sometimes there's a 50% chance that you will cause your spouse to put his or her angry hats and there's going to be an explosion. And here's what I say. The only, <coughs> excuse me, the only time to ever consider risking the minefield and going into the minefield, the only times are like this. Number one, this is very important what I'm about to say to you, and I hope you're really ingesting everything that I'm saying to you today. <clears throat> okay. Number one is if it was an atom bomb. <clears throat> when I say atom bomb, I'm talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, you've already tried to take off your hats. You've given yourself one hour. You followed all the steps that I, that I say by taking off your hats. And you try to relax yourself. You try to do everything you can. Everything. The breathing. The exercising. The drinking. The eating. The taking a walk. The, the, the shower. Whatever it is that calms you down. You've tried everything, but you still feel so belittled and so betrayed by your spouse that you simply cannot act normal towards them anymore. Because you just can't. You can't act normal. You're so hurt. You're so hurt with what he said or with what she said. They used something. They said something that so triggered you. You tried letting it go. You really did, but you can't. You've done everything, but you can't. That's, that's number one. Number two, I call toxic pattern. And that is, you've already tried to, again, you've tried taking off your hats, hungry, angry, tired, or stressed. You've given yourself the hour. you followed all the steps. But you are certain that this is a toxic pattern that has already happened many times in the past and will definitely happen again. You know for sure it's going to happen again because it happened so many times. And you know, this is the most important part, and you know that you're not going to be able to handle it in the future. Do you hear what I'm saying? If you could be mavata, be mavata, but you know you're, just, you're not going to be able to handle it. It's just you're risking yourself getting into a fight with her and you don't want to get into a fight with her. And that's what it is. But you, you hear all these tanoim that I'm giving you? It's not pasha. It's not pasha at all. <coughs> or, here's another one. And this, you know, I usually say there's two, there's two times you have to negotiate. Here's like a subscript, which you really could connect to either one. But it's like a subscript. And that is, you've been 
something has been going on with your with your husband. He's attacking you and attacking you and criticizing you and criticizing you. There's been a barrage of hurt for the past several days, which you've constantly been mevater, and you find yourself being very cold to your husband. You just find like you, you, you can't even be close. To, you can't like be warm to your husband because you feel like you just feel so hurt. He doesn't stop criticizing you. And you feel extremely resentful to your spouse. You feel like this might happen men to your wife, but you just you don't want to get like you're not just in her. It's like get away from me. You're just being so disgusting for days. You know, so that type of thing, that type of thing. These are exceptional cases. You know, if you're gonna walk out of this class today and you're gonna say to yourself, Oh, I've mastered negotiation. Okay. All right, Shlomo, Yaakov, let's talk about your uh you know, your issue with the picking of the salad or your thing with leaving the socks on the floor or the fact that what whoa, 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 whoa. That's not what I'm talking about. You still have to be Mavatar mode. Marriage is about being Mavatar mode at all times, being Mavatar mode. But there are times that you have to negotiate. There are times you have to have a discussion. Discussion, not a fight, a discussion. Or to attempt to have a discussion. Now, you should know, very important, by the way, that what? Many times you're going to try to have a discussion with your spouse and it's not going to go well. And you're going to think, whoa, I've been doing exactly what you told me to do, but it didn't go well. Well, again, you might not, you, you thought he doesn't have his hats on. He might have had his hats on. You thought that uh, he was in a good mood. What? Many things. There could be many things you don't know. And that's where you have to just stop. Cold turkey. Forget it. You know, we're getting into fight. Forget about it. Forget about it. Okay. So it's, it's a very, very big risk what I'm talking about right now. I want to talk to you about preliminary steps. Preliminary steps. I'm going to give you some of the preliminary steps that I say in the workshop. I'll try to focus on the main ones like this. Before you walk into the minefield. And by the way, I just want to mention something else here. It's very important. This is in response to all the individuals out there who feel that they are being, for lack of a better term, and I, and I hear this term a lot, they feel they are being emotionally abused. Okay, this is a term that I've heard many times from many spouses. Hopefully, you're not in that situation. But this is a term that I hear. I, be, emotion, I feel like I'm an emo, emotionally abused. I really want to say that term is overrated. I, I, I'm telling you, some of the people who I see, they think they're being emotionally abused. They have no idea what real emotional abuse is. I, I, you know, and I don't want to get into it. I don't, they really have no idea. However, however, one second before you get upset at me, however, it's a serious issue. It, it could still be a serious issue which needs to be negotiated. I'm not saying that. But I just don't like that term because once we start labeling and say, oh, I'm emotionally abused, that's sort of like fix. It fixes something, fixates it in a certain place where I can't. It's, I'm abused. I'm abused. It abuses me. No, no, no. Stay away from that term, emotional abuse. Stay away from it. If you feel that you're really being emotional abused, you really should go to a professional and ask him or her, do you think this is emotional abuse? Now, I hope the professional you're going to is grounded in Torah morals and values, and I hope that whoever this professional is is also going to hear the other side because to hear one side is sort of like the most ridiculous thing ever. That I will tell you because 
and I see this so much where people go to therapists, rabbis, etc., and they hear one sentence like, I can't believe you live with him. I can't believe that you should, you should end it right now. Meanwhile, not understanding there's a whole other side, not understanding there are children involved, not understanding what chas v'shalom, the ramifications of, of, of even saying something, chas v'shalom like that is so horrible. But let's get back to the preliminary steps before you are negotiating. Step number one, hats. You have to make sure that you are not negotiating with your spouse if he's wearing his hat or if you're wearing your hats. And the only way really to know, I mean, you could sort of guess if he has his hats on or, or if you have your hats on, you know, to see if your husband has his hats on, meaning hungry, angry, tired, or stressed, that's a little bit easier than knowing about yourself. It's always very hard to know about yourself. I, I, I'm talking to you, by the way, the one who's listening, you who's listening to me right now. I'm sorry to be so open and frank with you. I'm telling you, it's very, very difficult to know if you have your hats on. It really, really is. I will tell you one, one little trick, and that is like this. If you are so mad, you're so mad, I want to kill him. I can't believe he did this to me. If that's the way you feel, I'm telling you now you have your hats on. What do you mean? But it was real. I'm telling you you have your hats on. I'm not saying you don't have to negotiate with your husband about this particular issue, but I'm telling you right now, if you have such cast where you want to rip him, that's hats. That's hats. That's hungry, tired, or stressed. That's, that's, that's impaired. I'm sorry to say. That's a little thing. Okay, okay. I'll talk to him about it later. Yeah, talk to him about it later because now is not, now is not a time. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you, you as well. I'm really talking to you as well. If you feel such a tremendous amount of cuss where you're just like so, so, so upset, you have your hats on. You're not ready to have a discussion with your wife. You better let it go right now. You better move away from the situation. Do it. Do it because you're going to get into a big fight. You're going to get into a very big fight. Next, you have to see... Okay, so you have to know if you have your hats on. If your wife has her hats on, you can do it. I have in the workshop, we have a spouse uh, hats assessment to see really if you or your spouse has their hats on. There's an assessment to sort of go through it. Next, the question is, could you, could you deal with this without walking into the minefield? If this is such a big issue for you, like this is really such a big issue for you, and we sort of spoke about this last week, ladies and gentlemen, but is there a way to communicate to your wife without making such a big deal out of it? Do you have to say to your wife, you know, I have to have a discussion with you. We have a really big issue. I don't understand. How come I come home from shul on Shabbos? The meal's never ready. You know, I tell you this many times. You know, you're going to make her feel horrible. You hear me? She's a woman, and you're going to make her feel horrible. This is the way it is. The way I call the created the woman, and you're going to make her feel horrible. Because she's going to feel like I don't believe it. Because she's going to feel like you don't like me, you don't care about me, this is how you feel about me. It, it's, it's not something you do. Try, if you can, to make it like a small little thing. Like a small thing. Like, you know, here, for example. Um, was everything okay today? I tried calling you, but I couldn't get through. Now, the only reason you're saying this to your wife, okay, why are you saying this to your wife? Let me tell you why you're saying this to your wife. You're saying this to your wife because this is happening again and again and again. He said, Red Greenfield said, Red Greenfield said, if it happens again and again, I should address it because I, I'm constantly calling my wife and she doesn't answer me. And I know she's answering other people. I know if someone else, she's not answering me. So I have to say something. Okay. So if you have to say something, why do you have to make such a big deal out of it? Why do you have to like, bum, ba -da, ba -da. okay, we're going to talk about the, you answering the phone. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Instead, what you do 
is you just say, was everything okay today? I, I, I tried calling you, but I couldn't get through. That's how you should start. And you know what the implication of that is? I care about you. I, I, I'm not just telling you you're a bad person. And this is, I'm going to say this over and over again, because when you're having a discussion with your spouse about whatever it is, you, you're having this negotiation, right, with your spouse. So I, I just want to tell you something very, very important. And that is, What's the message you're giving your spouse? This is really the, the core of this issue. If you want to be successful in negotiation, what's the message you want to give to your spouse? That he's bad? She's bad? Is that what you're saying? You know, you're a bad person because I try to call you over and over again. You don't answer my phone call. You should be ashamed of yourself. You really should be ashamed of yourself. Is that the message you're trying to get through? Because if that's the message you're trying to get through, you're not going to get it at all. You're not going to win. And, and, and you don't even have to say that. All you have to say is, you know, I'm, I'm calling you over and over again. Why don't you pick up? Like, hello? You know, I have something very important to you. Why don't you pick up? Is that what you're saying to your spouse? Well, the message you're giving your spouse is that she's horrible. You know, you're horrible. You're a horrible person. You're a horrible person. Why don't you pick up? You're like, you know, you don't pick up. Something's wrong with you. <laughs> That's what you're, that is what you're saying to your spouse. You're not saying it, but you're saying it. You're getting the drift of what I'm, where I'm at, going at over here? Are you getting the drift? This is the drift. The drift is that what's the hidden message you're giving your spouse while you are negotiating with them? And if you're because and you want to kill him now, so you know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is whatever you say, he's going to see it right through you. He, he's going to hear that you're so upset and he's a terrible person. And that's why you have to give yourself some time. So for a practical issue, you could just say to your wife, was everything okay today? I tried calling, but I couldn't get through. So when you say to your wife, was everything okay? The message is, I care about you. Now, men who are listening to me right now are like, you know, you might be laughing and say, Haha, I'm going to say, is everything okay? She's not, she's not answering the phone. I know she's not answering the phone. I mean, is everything okay? You're ever going to feel like, come on, get real. Yeah, I am getting real. And I'm telling you, you're not ready to talk to her now. Why don't you say to yourself, I'll speak to her about this later. And you're going to see that you're really not upset at her right now. You're upset the fact that you got this bill and you don't know how to pay the bill. And you're blaming and you're displacing that anger on your wife. That's what's going on. That's why you have to give yourself time. That's number one. No matter what, no matter what, you're upset at your husband, you're upset at your wife, give yourself time. You hear me? Give yourself time. Give yourself time. Then later you can say, was everything okay today? I tried calling you, but I couldn't get through. Or ladies. You can say to your husband, usually when I ask you to leave me money for the kids, you always remember. <laughs> funny, funny. Isn't that funny? Because it's not really true. You know what? Maybe it's a, a shtickle true. If it's a shtickle true, then say that to your husband. Usually when you ask me to leave me money, when you ask to leave me money, you ask, when I ask you to leave me money for the kids, you usually always remember. Or to say to your wife, you know, usually when I open up the sock drawer, there's usually socks in there. What's the message? What's the hidden message? The hidden message is not you're bad. The hidden message is I'm just concerned because I actually want to make sure that I have money next time because <laughs> I actually went to the shoe store today and I had no money and I had to tell him to put it on credit and he didn't know who I was until I told him his na my name and he knows my mother and it was very uncomfortable. It was embarrassing for me. So that's what it was. Okay. So you know what? You're concerned it's going to happen again? You're able to be mavater, but you're concerned that it's going to happen again? That's what it is? What happened, gentlemen? Your wife forgot to put the bone into the, into the chalent? Ach in vey. She forgot to put the bone. The bone is not in the chalent. So now you're eating the chalent and you can't find the bone. You love the bone, the marrow bone, the socket, and whatever it is. So you can't find the bone. So now, what are you going to say to her? What are you going to say to her? 
What are you going to say? You're going to say to her, Sarah, Miriam, Shmrinza, what are you going to say? Where's the bone? How come there's no bone in the chalent? What happened to him this week? <coughs> and you're thinking to yourself, I'm asking you a normal question. And she looks at you and says, oh, here you are complaining. Or, you know, next time you put the bone in yourself. And you're thinking, oh, I can't ask my wife a normal question. I can't. I can't ask her a normal question. All I'm asking her is, where's the bone? In the chalent. And she gets all upset. We start a whole fight. Well, guess what? You're to blame. I'm sorry to say this. You're to blame. Because you don't say that to your wife. She worked very hard on the challenge. You don't understand how hard it was for Erev Shabbos to get it all ready, and the kids, and the diapers, and the, and the getting everything ready. And you came last second. And now all you have to say is, where's the bone? You know what? I'm sorry to say. Of course she's going to be upset. The message she's not, she's not getting a message that you love her, you, she's, or you appreciate her. The message she's getting is, you're now good. Where's the bone? I don't mean that. I just I'm asking her a normal question. If I would ask anybody that question, he would just answer me. Your wife is not he. Your wife is not he will just answer you. And even if it's your sister, you can't compare that to your wife. And let me tell you why. Because your wife is a individual who is supposed to have a certain attachment to you, a certain a certain emotional connection, and when you start rocking the boat, she's going to feel very, very uncomfortable about it. Unappreciated, not cared for, not loved. So when you say to her, where's the bone? And you think you're asking, where's the bone? No. So instead, don't talk about the bone. Leave it alone and talk about it in Shabbos. But I'm going to forget. I'm sorry, it's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. You should talk about it But I'm going to forget. I, okay, I'll be about to forget. Okay, so write it. Okay, can't write it on Shabbos, but you'll remember. Trust me, at the end you'll remember. And then you can say to her, if it's happening again and again and again, there's no bone in the challenge, you can say to her, by the way, in a good time, like a small thing, by the way, Malki, usually when you, when you make the challenge, you put a bone in the challenge, right? It's just like, yeah, yeah, I, I think I didn't see the bone in the challenge. Oh, okay, fine. Oh, I didn't put a bone. Actually, they didn't have it in the store. Oh, okay, fine. Boom, over. Don't make a big deal out of it. Make it a small thing. Because you're going to make it into a big deal and it'll become a big deal. You know, I want to talk to you. I'm very upset. You, you, you know, this time when we had Chalent, there wasn't a bone in it. It's been happening already for a while and I keep on telling you. Are you serious? Make it a small thing. She'll get it. Trust me, she'll get it. You'll get the bone. You'll have your bone in the Chalent. Or the hot water will be in the urn. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry, but I, this is, I'm seeing this. Okay, so that's another thing. So I'm saying you can make a small, make it into a small thing, you know. Shlomo, Shlomo, I asked you to take out the garbage this morning. What happened? Okay, that's sort of nice. But how about Shlomo? You know, usually when I ask you to take out the garbage, you take it out. Is everything okay this morning, d- d- ladies? Do you hear how I'm saying this? By the way, are you listening to me? Thank you. It's a very big difference by saying to him, why didn't you take the garbage out this morning? Do you understand it's going to pile up right now and then I have no place to put the garbage on and then it's like all disgusting and the cats come and whatever it is. Like, can you please like, can you please put the garbage in? Can you please take care of it? That's saying to your husband, you are no good. You're not a good person. And that's not what your husband has to hear. Instead, you can say to him, you know, usually when I ask you to take out the garbage, you take out the garbage. Is everything okay this morning? And by the way, I'm only saying to say this if you can't be mavata. That's what I'm saying, because it's happening again and again. So you're playing a little game. Yeah, yeah, you're not being real. Guess what? Marriage is not about being real. If you're going to be real about your feelings, if that's what you're going to be, right? Real, 
and then you're going to be nasty. That, that's what's going to happen. That, that's what's going to happen. This real, I can't be real with my wife. I can't be real with my husband. Yeah, you can't be real. You have to walk on eggshells to make this successful. Exactly, because there's a lot of vulnerability in this relationship. Every relationship has vulnerability. Everyone it is, because everybody wants to feel loved and cared for, both sides. The husband and the wife wants to feel loved and cared for and ashamed at all times. That's this, the neshama wants to feel connected. That's really what's happening. The neshama wants to feel connected. So if you're going to be real about your feelings, you say, ah, I'm just telling you how I feel. Well, you know what? You're going to cause a big machlokas, because you're telling her how you feel, and you're being so open about it. Yes, walk on eggshells. I'm sorry to say this. You'll get used. Don't worry. You'll get used to it. It'll be fine. And once you do it right, and the happily successful marriages know to respect, to honor, and to respect your wife more than you respect yourself, like the Ramam says, respecting your wife more than you respect yourself is not just saying as it is. Well, that's the way I talk to my friends. What do you mean? I don't care if you talk like that to me. I, I, would talk, I talk to you the same way I expect you to talk to me. No. No. You speak to her with more covet than you were to speak to yourself. Because that's what the Ramam says, that what? In order to have a successful marriage, you have to take her feelings into consideration. And because you don't know her feelings, you have to walk on eggshells. Don't be scared about this, those newlyweds who are listening to me. There's nothing to be scared about. Once you get used to it, you know the lingo. It's just a lot of respect, a lot of covet, the same way you would speak to your Menaheles to your Rosh Hashiva to whatever it is, you just talk like that with respect and honor. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you fail. Sometimes you fail, and then there's a new day, and you start again. But that's what I'm saying over here. So it's very, very important, gents. By the way, this is very important for the men. What I'm saying, by the way, that what don't make a big deal out of it. Just say, usually when I, you know, was everything okay today? I tried calling you, but I couldn't get through. Was everything okay? Is everything okay with you? I care about you. I'm not criticizing you. I care about you. It's a different sentence, you hear? It's a different sentence. You can only say this, by the way, if you give yourself time. Ladies, for you as well, to say your husband. Usually when I ask you for money for the children, you usually remember. Even though he hasn't remembered for the past four weeks. You say to him, usually you remember. Yeah, play that game a little bit. Play that game. Play that game. Don't be 100% exact as it was. This is what Hashem did. Hello? A couple of parshas ago. This is what Hashem did. Hashem didn't tell Avram exactly what Sarah said. It was changed around a little bit. Why? Just in order to promote Shalom Bayez. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Weiter. Timing. Timing. Is it a good time to speak to your spouse? Is she busy with something right now? Do you have to talk to her about the bone and the challenge right now? Do you understand that right now she's getting ready for Malava Malka that she's going to? Can you wait till she comes back home? Do you have to talk to her about it right now because this is so important for you? Can you please give her some time? This is not a good time. Ladies, I'm talking to you as well. I'm sorry. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about it right now. We don't have to talk about anything right now. The best really is to give yourself time. That's the best thing is to give yourself time. Next, is it private? Are the kids around? Are there people around? Is there something that you want to discuss in front? Here's a classic. Here's a classic for you. Your husband. Okay. <laughs> your children just asked something from your husband. You, I, I, your husband should know that you never allow your children to have, I don't know, to have uh, a nash before the meal, right? So so little, little uh, Shifra asks... Um, Ask Tati. He says, Tati, can I can I have a 
can I have a candy now? Have a candy? And your husband says yes. And, and you're like, you're livid. What do you mean, yes? We don't, we don't do that. Uh, you think so? Like, what's his problem? He's telling my daughter that you can have candy before the meal. Like, I understand this guy. So you, you, you turn to your husband. He's like, we don't give her candy right now. I understand. What are you doing? You're not giving her candy right now. Great. You got the message across. Your husband heard. Well, guess what? Your children heard this also. They saw friction between Tati and Mommy. Uncalled for. Completely uncalled for. Completely and utterly uncalled for. That should not have happened. That should not have happened. That's affecting the kids in a negative way. That we don't do. Okay, next. So what do you do? You talk to him privately. And that's what we said. Find a private time to talk. Excuse me, Moshe, if it's going to happen again, like right now, Moshe, can I speak to you a second, please? Don't worry about the kids seeing you, that you're going to speak to daddy privately. They know something is going on. This is actually good for the kids to see that. By the way, I'm talking about something urgent, not something you can wait till after the meal. If you could wait till after the meal, after the meal. But if you know it's happening right now, it's going to happen again throughout the meal. Shlomo, can I just talk to you for a second? Shlomo, you know, why don't you work something out with your husband? Say to him, every time I want to speak to you privately, I'm going to ask you for help in the kitchen. <laughs> Does your husband help you in the kitchen? Shlomo, can you come here a second? I want to show you something. Okay. The kids sort of chap. I don't care if the kids chap. Let them chap. Let this be a lesson for their own marriages. That's what they should chap. And then go into the kitchen and then say to him, Shlomo, I know you don't realize it, but it's best if we don't give him candy before the meal. But what do you mean? I didn't know. I know, I know, I know, but it's best. You know. Hold your own, ladies. Hold your own. Don't be shaken up by his defense. It's very normal for a husband to defend himself. It's very normal for ladies to defend themselves also. But hold your own because everything will work out if you do it in the right way. Okay, so that's why it's important. The privacy is important. Um, oh boy, we got to move. We got to move because we're running out of time. Okay. Like this. I'm going to skip some of the stuff here today. I really, by the way, I really hope I'm putting this all into an audio workshop. And then Blin uh, Adair will, 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 will somehow, you know, will make it available, whatever. But Blin Adair. Right now, just this is important what we're saying. I'm hitting the important, important, the core issues of negotiating I'm hitting now. And I'm going to skip to how to enter into the, into the minefield. If you've gone through all the things Rabbi spoke to you about now, there's some other stuff, but the, I spoke to you about the main things. You've gone through everything, and now, you know, let me just actually add one, one important thing here. I know we're running out of time, but this is so important. And that is, and that is, Get ready for your husband to defend himself. You hear me, ladies? If you have to negotiate, you have to be ready for him to defend himself because he's going to defend himself. And, and ladies and men, your wife's going to defend herself also. No matter, even if you say it in the most sugar-coated way, she's going to defend herself. She's never going to be wrong. And, and I'm telling you right now, the other way around be true also. You'll never be wrong. That's just the way it works. So now, this is what I always say. First, defend your spouse. If you're going to have to talk to them about something, first defend them. If you cannot defend your spouse, you should not be negotiating with him or with her. Do you hear me? If there's no lawyer in the court, you cannot have a case. You have to be able to defend them. As bad as what he said to you, as bad as what she said to you, if you cannot defend... If you cannot say to your husband, maybe you didn't realize it, maybe you were in a rush this morning, I know how hard it is for you to come home on time, 
I know you had a hard day. If you cannot start with that type of vernacular, you should not be having this discussion at all. You're not ready for this. So that's how you always have to start. Meaning like this. It's possible you didn't realize how hurtful it was. But when you questioned me like that in front of your mother, it was very embarrassing. What do you mean? I didn't mean it. What did I do? I don't understand. I just asked you a question. I understand. You're right. Maybe you didn't understand, but I'm telling you, it was very hurtful for me. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize. Okay, I'm sorry. Over. Over. Now you're going to push the issue and push the issue. No, you don't understand. But how come you did it? I can't trust you. You always do this. Over. He got the point. Let's move on. Gentlemen, the same thing with you. The same thing with you. I know it's very hard for you. You have a very long day. I understand that. And doing the laundry, oh boy, for you, it's very hard. But it's very, very hard for me to go to sleep when there's so much laundry on the bed. That's it. It's over. What do you mean? I usually do it. You had to say it because it's been happening again and again. You're calm now. You're saying it in a calm way. That's the way you say it. Or if it's a practical issue, gentlemen, this is very important for you. I'm about to tell you, don't make a big deal out of it. Say to your wife, it's a silly thing. It's a very silly thing. But if you can try not to drink from the R, no, actually, I'm talking to the ladies now. Ladies, say to your husband, it's a silly thing. But if you could try not to drink from the orange juice bottle, that would be great. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, what, what's wrong with drinking from the orange juice bottle? What do you mean? Uh, sometimes I don't have a cup sometimes. If you would have cups for me, like he tries to like egg you on. If you have cups for me, then I wouldn't have to drink from the drink bottle. But the cups are never ready. First of all, men who are talking like that to your wives, I'm telling you, it's so much not Ratzon Hashem. Oh, and they, you mamish might be over a lot of I know. But for, for the ladies, don't fall for the bait. I told you, negotiation will create distance. And it's important to know that distance is created. And after the distance is created, you're going to have to repair it. But don't. You got the message across. And here's another thing I want to say. To, to, to both husband and wife who are listening to me today. Sometimes you feel you have to negotiate with your spouse. You have to. And hopefully you do it, not not during the impasse. You wait, etc., etc., etc. And you're like in a fight. And then you're like, you know what? I did, I did ask you to go cleaners. Did I ask you to go cleaners? But you know what? It doesn't make a difference if you're right or you're not right. End it. End it. You're getting into a fight. End it. Move on. She got the point. You hear me? The bone will be in the child next week. Don't worry about it. But, ah, oh, she wanted to prove herself that there's nothing wrong with her, and I did tell her a million times to put the bone in the child back and forth. Listen to me. Listen to me. You got into a discussion. It got heated. Let it go. Let it go. Because she got the point. Don't worry. It won't happen again. Ladies, I'm talking to you as well. Same thing with your husband. He's going to defend himself. Why well, didn't give you money? I leave you money. I didn't leave you money. What are you talking about? I always leave you money in the morning. You know what? He got the point, and let's move on. The point here is not to get into a machlokas. The whole point was that it shouldn't happen again. That's the whole point. And that's when it has to happen. So there's a lot, a lot of things. You know, I might touch upon this again next week a little bit because we have to talk about post-negotiation also because it's important to know how to repair the damage. Again, you're walking into a minefield. Be very, very careful. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Rabbi Yitz Greenfield. Comments, feedback, questions, you can text me 917-397-2841. 917-397-2841. Have an amazing, inspiring, connecting week cult of.